When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Good evening, everybody. It is time for another one of our Blue Room Extra previews here on the Blue Room. And we've got a win to talk about this week, which has been absolutely marvellous. Earlier on today, I spoke to Dave Downey. And we're also joined by the former England international and Sky Sports and all over the place broadcaster Sue Smith. Wonderful to get her on. Uh, makes a change from a, giving loads of stick to Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports on Ref Watch. But she took some time out to speak to us about that about Everton and what she's made this season. And we also spoke about Rafael Benitez and some of his comments too. If you want to hear this in full, it is over on the Blue Room Extra. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Or you can click the link in the description of this podcast. We spoke for about an hour about all those things and the Merseyside Derby coming up this weekend as well in the WSL. Um, So it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Hopefully we'll see you over there. In the meantime, hope you enjoy this clip of also talking about Rafael Benitez's comments and a little bit about the game at the weekend too. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about it is, and, and I think we we both said it on, on Twitter with, I'd like to think, relative calmness because there'll be a lot of a lot of Evertonians and, and probably rightly so, absolutely furious about what he said um, in that piece he's done on that, what is it, Football Daily feature that they, uh, they interview him. Um, and, and when he was saying that, almost immediately after he got in, he was told that certain things he would not be able to do. So my my first thing I thought was, well, why have you took the job then? You know, why have you taken a job that you aren't allowed to do certain things that you felt you needed to do in order to succeed at the club? Um, and I'd like to ask him that question. I mean, the other side of it for me, and again, people won't find this too popular to say, but he's, he's, he's actually a really nice guy. He's a lovely fella. He does a hell of a lot for our city with, the, with his charity, with his wife. Um, I've met and done randomly done some work with him, not related to LFC. You'll be glad to hear, but um, he he was always perfectly nice and, and and really reasonable type of guy to work with. Then when the the Everton side of things came along, um, I think you said it straight from the off. I didn't. I was a little bit too more gullible, really, or quite quite silly to say that I think this could work when ultimately people just would not have it from the start and. Um, Judging by what he said, like I said initially, I had sympathy for him because I thought, 
you know, there'll be people who just won't have him. We had a really good start, didn't we? We won five out of the first six or something like that. Um, and did we win away at Leeds, was it? Or did we draw away at Leeds? Drew two all, didn't we? Drew two all away at Leeds. Yeah. We went, um, to Bright- went to Brighton and won two, no, didn't we? And that was Brighton. our away win for about nine months, I think. Yeah, that's it. And then it just went it just went ridiculously poor after that, didn't it? I think Calvert Lewin got injured and there were there were loads and loads of issues happening and the, the thing that I felt then was the thing I always felt with him was that when he did start losing games, he's never going to be able to stay as long as other managers do. Uh, so, for instance, like Frank Lampard, um, like Koeman when we had him, go on these horrendous runs, but managers would still be given their time. I always felt um, Everton would do that almost far too often. With managers leave them in too long. Here we had one that if he lost four or five on the spin and things started happening and the transfer window bought a couple spent what he bought Mikhailenko didn't he and uh, Patterson brought yeah. those in who virtually played the game between them for quite some time and, and that puts himself under pressure as well the ironic thing is those two have come really good haven't they and we we, we bear them um, but nobody's nobody's going to throw that at Benitez and say well done thanks for doing that Rafa <laughs> so the, the whole the whole thing for me is it just feels really bizarre when you consider the whole tenure um, but for him to say that, uh, basically, in a nutshell, if you haven't seen it yet, so he comes out and basically insists that there's very little that it's his fault. It's, in fact, everybody else's. And I think any manager that says that after they've been sacked is onto an absolute loser with any anybody who considers listening to it, anybody who wants to... If you, you know, if, you, if you're open-minded, which many of Etonians are not going to be when you go and speak to him or in an interview with him, you know... But even if you are open-minded, which I felt I tried to be, uh, given work-wise, you sort of have to be that way. You, you'll know that as well. Um, I was like, okay, let's see what he has to say. And when he said that, I was like, how how can you how can you not at least say or talk about the problems you've had and how you've dealt with them poorly and why you've ended up getting sacked? It was all it always felt to me about it, even just the two minutes that I've seen of it. It just felt to me that he was blaming the club consistently. And whilst as Everton fans, we all blame our own football club more than anybody else could. You know, anybody who hates Everton, we probably hate them a little bit more the way the way it goes with our football club. I was like, yeah, it's it, it's by no means was I on the side of the club and, and what he was referring to, but I was like, well, why did you even bother? Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you just walk yourself without getting sacked? Because it just looked like the writing was on the wall from the off, and that's what he seemed to um, in, in, insinuate, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think as, as well, so it's sort of like bring this, make, try to make a parallel of what's been happening recently. You know, as I mentioned there, I think it was nine defeats in his last 12. And you look at us recently, and while we haven't been winning games, I think that's where the start we've had in regards to just make sure you don't get beaten matches, you know, that, that run of four draws. No, I, I imagine, and you know, you, you'll be able to tell us better than anyone in regards to when you're in a dressing room. And if you if it's loss after loss after loss, it's not the same. I imagine as draw after draw after draw. I'm sure when you draw in games like we have been recently, Frank Lampard can still say to his players, "Look, something's it's close here. We're not we're not far off." But when you're losing and you're losing and you're losing, like they were under Benitez, I imagine it feels a whole lot different. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, and with Dave, I think when when he first came in, I was like, "Do you know what? Give him a go." Like. Give him a chance. Let's see. I know, you know, that there was a lot of, of fans that probably thought different to that. And then we started well. And I thought, okay, like this could work. But then I was the same. I knew as soon as things started to not 
go well, we turn quicker than we would with, with other managers. And I think it was the fact that, you know, you, you could accept a not very nice style of play if we were winning games. But once it was an awful style of play, it was horrible to watch and you were losing. It was like a double whammy, wasn't it? And it was, yeah. like you say, when, when I heard that, when I heard you know, blaming everybody else. You've got to take responsibility yourself because, you know, you got sacked because you lost, like you said, was it nine in 12? You can't continue in football if, if that's the case, that the football that you're playing, you're not seeing any sort of progression. I know he had injuries and I know that's something that it'll, it'll probably say, like, no, Calvert-Lewin, Yerry Mina was was out for a change. And, you know, there, there was other, I think, you know, was it Decore was out, Alan, you know. And he, he, he had, a little bit of things. Yeah, so he did, he did have problems there, but you've got to take responsibility. So I think now you look at, like you say, like Frank Lampard in terms of, yes, they're drawing, but you can see like a progression. Like now when I watch Everton, I feel like we're solid in terms of like, I don't feel like we're going to concede. Like, goodness me, like parts of last season where every time a team got a a set piece or every time they went into, even in our own half, I thought, oh my God, we're going to concede here. Whereas I just feel like now we're organised, we're well drilled. Yes, we still need more going forward, but you can see we're building something and you can see we've got a plan and a more of an identity. And I think that's where as a player as well, you go, okay, like I'm into this. Like, you know, we might not be winning all our games, but we're drawing. And like you say, we're close. And now they've got that first win. You just feel, I just feel more positive and more optimistic um, under Frank Lampard and, I think the players that that we've brought in, that the Cody, the Tarkovsky, I think those big leaders at the back, I think they're helping Patterson and, and Mikalenko because I think that back line, now you've got a brilliant midfield in front of them that are also protecting them. So and we've got players that can create going forward. So you just think that there's something there. And and I think the players will feel that in the dressing room. You you can see that. Like I, I tweeted the video of, you know, when Anana's doing all the dancing and stuff, because I love that. And I know some people say, oh, they've done that. I think they actually did it after training. It wasn't even after the game, was it? Yeah, it was after training. Yeah, it's a Finch Farm, isn't it? Finch Farm and people are saying, oh, they've done that after a win. And it was like, no, it's just that they're, they're enjoying themselves. They're happy. They're confident. They're, they're I don't know. Like, that was before we'd won a game as well, which I suppose gives you an insight into what, what the mood was like even then. Yeah. And that's what I think the mood in the camp is. Is it seems like it's it's good at the moment, and and they're certainly buying into what Frank's doing. Yeah, and sort of bringing this on to the, the game in particular at the weekend, obviously beating West Ham one 0 I'll, I'll come back to you first, Sue, before throwing over to Dave. But you mentioned there about the back four and the midfield three, and, and what I find mad about all this, and why you know when I see people you know try to play down a little bit what Lampard's done in, in comparison to Benitez, you look at that back four and you look at that midfield three, and of those six, five of them weren't at the club. Sorry, of those seven, six of them weren't at the club in January. And yeah. the one who was at the club, Alex Wobie, was not playing as a central midfielder and certainly no. not playing this well. Oh, my word. And it's, and it's just, it's, 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 it's the way in which it's all turned around so quickly. And I'm sure you guys would have both seen that stat before the derby as well. But from September, September Goodison derby to the one we just played recently, only one outfield player started both of those games and that was Damari Gray. And, that, that, that I think is really encouraging for me, Sue, the fact that we've got an entire new back four, as you mentioned there. Two young lads who came in in January, two lads who came in a few weeks ago. Garner's obviously come back and, you know, you kind of expect it from him, but Awobi is a, a man transformed in terms of positionally. Anand is wow. a 21-year-old lad who's, who's come in and settled in really quickly. And, and, and that part of the team and the way in which it's been able to get set up so quickly, 
I think the manager does deserve a lot of credit for that. I think he does because that that takes a lot of time on the training field and like I say players to buy into what what he's trying to do and 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 it is it's the players you bring in the, the fact that he's got I think two experienced centre halves I think that helps it helps everybody around you doesn't it it helps your your fullbacks the ones that you say you, Connor Cody constantly is talking you know it, it's like he's talking to the people in front of him to the side of him and that helps you especially if you're a you know a young player a young lad trying to learn. Um, Having Garner back, I think, is brilliant. I think Anana looks like he's going to be some player, isn't he? Um, and Iwobi, wow. Like, what has happened to him? He, for me, he's probably the first name on the team sheet in terms of, like, his attacking output, how the amount of... I would love to know the ground that he covers because he is just constantly moving, isn't he? He's constantly back helping out defensively, getting forward. He was obviously the one that created the goal at the weekend, but... That's it's that's got to be a confidence thing, and I think again, is that your manager breeding that confidence in you? You know, is that your manager saying to you, "Do you know what? You're a good player. Just go and show it." And and obviously, the better that he's becoming, the the more time he's playing. The like I say, he's, he's probably the first name on the team sheet, but we just look well organised, well drilled, and we've got that threat going forward as well. I think with Calvert Lewin coming back would just give it that little bit more. And I think we all wanted an extra centre forward, didn't we, when Richarlison went and in the transfer window. But that hasn't happened. And I think what we've got, I'm quite happy with at the moment. Sports Social Podcast Network.